This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Kenzie. I'm Jamie. And this is the Codependent Podcast. I feel like it's been so long since we have had an episode come out and we've only skipped one, one week. week. <laughs> Feels like eternity. We were like, do we remember how to do this? Yeah, literally. <laughs> we're a little rusty. We are. So we took the week off. We had actually filmed part of this episode, um, but we went back and listened to it and we just didn't love the way that it came out. Um, so we are going to just finish recording the next day and I woke up with literally no voice. Yeah. Like I literally don't know where it went. It just disappeared. <laughs> I wasn't sick. I wasn't like, it wasn't like I had a cold or anything. I just lost my voice. And so we were like, we'll still get the episode out, which would have been like last week for you guys and listening. starting like when you talk about something so serious and like traumatic, it's hard to just like pick it back up. Yes. You got to like restart it. Yeah. So we are just going to fully restart because we just didn't love the direction we took on the last one. And so we've done this one other time with a sleepover episode. We yeah. actually filmed, recorded the entire sleepover episode and we even edited and everything. And then we went back and we listened both to listened it. And we're like, Mm-mm. this is not it. And nope. we went and recorded that night and we still released on Monday. But we would have done that, but I lost my voice. It's still a little raspy, but. It's back for the most part. It's back. So now we're back. We're so excited for this week's episode. It's definitely one of the more sensitive topics. Yeah, we're going to be talking about miscarriage, um, advice to give people that have gone through miscarriage, what to say, what not to say, um, just kind of everything that deals with that. We'll talk about my story with it, and a lot of you guys shared stories too. We got some um, polls on how many of you guys that had watched um, our stories had gone through a miscarriage. And we just wanted to give like a really quick little trigger warning that this could be hard for some people to listen to if you've gone through it or we have a lot of people that are currently going through it, but we just hope that this episode can bring you guys hope. And if you've never experienced this, that you will know what to say um, to somebody that is close to you that is going through it because I promise you, even if you don't know about it, somebody close to you has gone through or is going through or will go through a miscarriage. Yeah. And I think too, for the people, I mean, just at least in my stories, when I was talking about doing this episode, I had some people that were like, I'm scared for this episode because I've never been pregnant. And like, I'm scared to have a miscarriage. Yes, And I think a lot of people almost don't want to hear about it because yeah. they're scared and they're anxious about it happening to them. Yeah. But I think the more that we normalize it and the more that we talk about it, a lot of women had said, like, I never thought I would go through it until it happened to me. And, like, they didn't really listen to things that had to do with miscarriage because it gave them 
anxious feelings and they were like worried about it. And so they just ignored it altogether. But I don't think that's the route that we can, we should take because I think knowledge is power and the more aware we are and the more that we know, the more ready we are to handle situations that are brought up in our own lives. So if you're listening to this and you're scared to be pregnant because you'll have a miscarriage, it doesn't mean you will have a miscarriage. I've never experienced a miscarriage, but it's always good to know what to say to somebody that's experiencing that. And hopefully it doesn't happen to you. But if you do go through it, hopefully this helps give you some guidance and some peace and understanding and love and support if you end up having to go through a miscarriage. Completely. And I think that it's hard because you don't want to like create this whole anxious self before ever getting pregnant. Um, but at the same time, like you said, it's just, it's good to have the knowledge of it and you don't know until you know, like you don't know if you're going to have a miscarriage until you're going through it or until you're pregnant. And so creating those like happy and positive thoughts in your head to get pregnant, like every pregnancy, no matter the gestation is still a celebration. So I personally have not been through a miscarriage, but Jamie has experienced two miscarriages. So why don't you walk us through that, Jamie? Um, How old was Navy when you guys started trying again and when you found out you were pregnant and how far along you were? Yeah, so, geez, I'm already getting emotional. I was really excited to get pregnant. Navy was around 18 months and... Kenzie was actually in the delivery room with Payson. She was like having Payson and we had just found out that I was pregnant and it just like felt like it was the right time for our family. Um, And, you know, I, I never, ever thought that it would happen to me. Like everybody says that, but you really don't think that until it's happening. And I remember like, the joy we felt when we got pregnant with Navy and we got pregnant very quickly with her. We were very blessed and very, very thankful for that. We, we got pregnant quickly with both, both babies. And, um, I remember being in that delivery room when you were having Payson and just like, I was so excited to experience that again and like seeing a baby newborn again, even though Navy was 18 months, but we just felt very ready for it. Um, I was, about five weeks when I, when you had Payson, I was five, five weeks pregnant. And I remember like wanting to tell you in the delivery room, but I was like, it was a very traumatic experience with Payson. So I was like, let's just wait. Like, (laughs) but I remember being like so excited and just like thinking the whole time, like, wow, our babies are going to be so close. And like, this will be me in like nine months. Yeah. It was just like a really, really special thing to feel. And Anyway, you had had Payson, and we had planned a college graduation trip to San Francisco probably like two weeks later, I would say. Is it when. was less than two weeks. It was less than two weeks. Because we moved it two weeks. It was before we moved. You're right. So, so it was like maybe was a, a week, week. A week later, yeah. So it was a week later. We had planned a trip to San Francisco um, for college graduation. We were taking Navy. We were super excited. We were going with some friends of ours. And um, the first night we left, everything was good. We went to dinner with our friends that we had met them in San Francisco. We had gone to dinner with them. And I remember we actually stopped in Vegas first. And that's where we were the first night. We stopped in Vegas and we spent the night. And I remember we went to dinner and 
I like remember it so vividly because we went to um, BJ's for dinner and Justin and I told them that I was pregnant because we were so excited and we were so close with them. And had you told anybody yet? No, we hadn't told a single person. They were the first people we told. Offended. And well, you just had your baby. No, I know. I I'm just wanna, kidding. I, I know. Take that away. <laughs> like I said, I was going to tell you in there, but I was like, okay, that was a lot. Like, I'm just going to let you have this for like, it's okay. <laughs> let me have my baby. I'll keep my news. Um, anyway, so we told them and we were so excited and um, I was about six weeks along then. And... I remember going to the bathroom at BJ's and wiping and there was blood. And I just kind of was like, okay, like I don't want to overthink because it could just be spotting, could just be spotting. A lot of people talk about implantation bleeding. Um, And so I just like, I went to the bathroom and I came back and I was just like, my mood changed definitely because in my head I knew what was happening. Like looking back, because I just like had that pit in my stomach, like this is not this is happening to me, you know? And we had literally just told them probably like 15 minutes earlier. And so we got back to the hotel and we were just in like, was in the bathroom with me and I was about to get in the shower and I'm like, Justin, I'm bleeding. And we both just kind of looked at each other. Like, what do we do? And I remember just like, okay, I'm not going to freak out. Like it hadn't been like a ton of blood yet. And as I like stepped into the shower, it was like a lot of blood. Like I had like started my period is what it was like. And I just could not sleep that whole night just Googling like, if you're bleeding, like, can you still be pregnant? Just like anything to give me comfort that night. And uh, it kind of made the trip really hard to like continue. But we'd already paid for everything. and And you guys were like broke college students yeah, like you exactly. spent a lot of money on this trip yeah it was our college graduation trip like that's what we decided to do and so we continued on with the trip and two days into the trip I remember we finally told our friends because we hadn't told them yet just and you were acting different yeah exactly I was acting very different because I was just terrified and I didn't know what to do and it was just very very scary and I remember I I had Justin tell them because I just couldn't like say the words. And so Justin went out and he told them like, we think that Jamie's having a miscarriage because, you know, she was bleeding and it's just like, this is kind of hard for us. And, um, we had gone, like I was just still bleeding. We, the reason we told them too is because we had to like go to target at like 9 30 PM to get me like, pads and stuff and so they were like what do you need and we're like oh we just forgot something for the trip and so we decided to tell them and anyway I somebody asked on the question box like what what is it like when you like miscarry miscarry and like pass the baby and like what do you do with it and I genuinely had no idea like I didn't know that was gonna happen I figured because I was like just six weeks along that there wouldn't really be anything to pass. Like I thought I would just bleed, bleed. and like maybe there'd be like a blood a big clot. clot. And yeah. Like that's kind of like what I figured it would be like. But I had like had giant pads on and we're like walking around San Francisco every day. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to deal with this when I'm home because like I just can't really focus on it while we're here. Like I need to make the best of this trip and like I'm going to get home. I'll go to the doctor and like we'll figure it out. And so that was kind of like in my head what, what I was going to do. And so I tried to have a really good attitude and just – 
Um, but I had gone to the bathroom because I had felt like something different happen. And I had like passed the baby and I had never really like the image is just so vivid, like burned into my head of what it was. And it was like a kind of like a look of a small placenta. If you've ever seen a placenta, um, just kind of like a really small round, um, I don't even know. It's kind of gross, but, and then if you've seen like babies growing on images, like you see, they have like a little like tail looking spine looking thing. Um, they kind of look like, I don't know, little like alien babies, you know, with like a head part and then like the little tail that's the spine. And that was connected to that, like what looked like a flesh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it, I obviously I didn't even have a placenta at that time. Yeah. So that's what it looked like. That's what it like was comparable to. And I remember it was like in my underwear and I was just like, what do I do? Like I had no idea what to do. I was literally in the bathroom by myself, like just in a public restroom. And I was just like, I sat in there for probably like 10 minutes. Just like, what do I do? And I had no idea. So I just like, you know, wadded up the pad and threw it in the trash because what do I do with that? Like we're in San Francisco. I'm not like, I had no idea, you know? And it wasn't, like, ginormous or anything. I don't even know, like, really what to compare the size to. Maybe, like, the size of, like, a miniature pancake is, like, what I would, like, say the size would be. Um, And so then after that, I just kept bleeding. I bled for probably a week. Yeah, it must have been, like, a week straight. And then when I had got home, I went to my doctor right away. And I had told him what had happened and... He was really upset with me because he's like, why didn't you call? Like, you should have called. And I know, like, you couldn't, we couldn't have stopped it or done anything, but, like, we could have helped you and, like, made sure you weren't, like, because it can be dangerous. Yeah. Like, there's ectopic pregnancies that happen um, and other dangerous things that can happen. I didn't have any signs of any of that. So, and I had, like, finished bleeding by the time I went to the doctor. And he, they did an ultrasound to make sure that there was no, um, nothing left inside of me. And they also did a pregnancy test and it was negative. So I had successfully passed everything and there was nothing left inside of me because he was worried about sometimes infection can happen. So as a fair warning, always call your doctor if that's (laughs) happening or go to your doctor because I had no idea and I had never. That's the other thing. Like, why did you have no idea? Like why? Why don't they tell us this? No. Like, I'd, I genuinely would have no idea. Like, yeah. I have an experience of miscarriage and you've experienced miscarriage. I mean, I would call you, but, like, you had no one to call because – and I bet you a lot of your friends had experienced a miscarriage. And, like, yeah, I didn't know. And it's, like, to call you, I'm, like, I don't want to call you and tell you this. Like, you just had a baby and, like, I don't know. It's hard because it's, like, who do you call at that time? And, like, we're going to talk about all of that, but – you know, I just felt very, very alone in it because nobody talks about it. And so I'd gone to my doctor and like I said, they did all the tests. Everything was good. So I asked him, when can I get pregnant again? Because I just like wanted, I wanted to like, I wanted to have a baby, but I also felt like I wanted to like fill that void. And I was like, okay, this is just like a one-time thing. It happens to people. Like, I can't believe it happened to me, but like, I, I just want to get pregnant again. Like, I don't want to even think about it. Like, I just want to get pregnant again. And like, it'll be, it'll all be, I'll be okay. okay. And so he had told me he recommended to wait like four to six months, but he said there was no, 
Um, there's no like scientific evidence or doctor's discussion on like whether that has a, an yeah. effect, like has any effect of anything. That was just his recommendation so that you can make sure like your uterus and your um, cycles back to, back to normal and like everything like that. And so I said, what if I get pregnant like right away? And he said, that's just totally up to you. He said that won't have any effect on um, if it'll happen again or anything. Like, like I said, you're not, you have no pregnancy hormones in you because the test didn't pick up that you were pregnant, but also we did the ultrasound and like everything looks good. So like, that's just totally a decision that you need to make. And so I remember going home and just telling Justin, like, cause he wasn't with me at this appointment. I just, I don't, I, he must've been working or something. And I went home and I'm like, I just want to get pregnant again. Like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to like, I just like, I want to do it. And he was like, yeah, of course. Like we felt ready to have a baby. So we were like ready. Yeah, we were ready. And we thought, you know, it would kind of be the timing kind of was going to work out perfect because it was going to be like right before, um, like right when he had a break from his first year of law school, like whatever, it was all going to work out. Yeah, it was all supposed to work out. And so I remember going home from the doctor's office and I think that right after that, because it was before you moved. Yeah. That I told you. Do you yeah, remember that? You told me the day you got home from the doctor. Yeah. Because you were like, you should come over with the baby. And I came over. It was really hard. <laughs> it's hard because I had just had a baby. Like so much of me felt so bad. And I know people miscarried. Like I knew that was a thing. But yeah. like. You don't know until somebody tells you that's close to you. Yeah. Like, and no I, idea. like I felt so bad that I wasn't like there. Like I, I know that I couldn't have done anything. Yes. Because I know that that was your decision to like keep it in. And I know you were thinking about me. But like all I was thinking about was you. Completely. And I just felt so bad that I had a baby. And I feel like at that point, nothing had ever crossed my mind. Like I was jealous that you had a baby. Like it was never, at least for me, it wasn't like that because I did have Navy. And so it didn't feel, I was never like, I felt like I truly was never like, oh, she had a baby and like, I can't because I I did. Yeah. I did have a baby. Yeah. And I'm so, so thankful for that because I know a lot of women in that circumstance, they don't even have a baby yet. And so I'm sure that that would have been a lot harder if I totally didn't have a baby already. And like I said, because it was like, it just happened. It was just like, okay. Like in my mind, I was like, that's just like a one time, like that'll never happen again. Like some, like that just like happens. And then like, you're done. You're done. That's like your one. That's like your one thing. And then you're done. And then you're done with it. Yeah. I think in my head though, I'm like, like my biggest thing was just that like you were alone. Yeah. Like, and I know you had Justin, like, I know that, like, I, and I knew that in my head, but like, I just can't fathom like going just through that by yourself. And I know that that's just what you did and you processed and it was okay for you, but like, and it was hard because I hadn't even told anybody I was pregnant. And so I feel like that was even harder to be like, I was I'm pregnant, not pregnant and now I had a miscarriage. Like if people know, it's almost like, okay, it's a little, I don't want to say easier to bring up by any means, but it's a but little. But you hadn't even told me you were pregnant. Exactly. And I was so telling to me you, like, I had you were, but then you, yeah. It's like, wait, what? I didn't even know you were pregnant to begin with. And so I feel like that was kind of like my weird spot of like. Totally. Going through it alone because I didn't really, I hadn't told anybody. Like yeah. I was pretty early on too. I had found out, you know, two to three weeks before that. And so. And I'm pretty sure I was moving like within days. Yeah. Like literally within days. And so I think that made me feel even worse because I just felt like I wasn't there. Like, and there's only, I mean, I know there's only so much that you can do for somebody, but I just felt like bad that you were going through it alone and then bad I was leaving you in like a time that you were going through this. I remember like going to the doctor because I had gone to my family doctor, not my OB. And that was the biggest mistake ever because he was so rude. He was nice to me like during, like when he was talking to me, but he was like, well, 
honestly, like you seem fine. So like, oh, I think it's fine. Like you seem okay. Let me print you off some sheets from Google to tell you like how to get over it. I think literally those were his words. And I remember just going home and like, that's what I get. I'm pretty sure I was watching Navy. Yeah, I think you were. I think I was watching Navy and you had to go to an appointment. Yeah. Because I remember you coming in with sheets. With papers. That's what it was. It was, I'm like, I get to go home. And read my papers. Papers printed off from Google of like how to handle a miscarriage. And I just remember, and he was like, you know, it's really sad for you, but it's sad for me too, because I don't get to deliver your baby. (gasps) Cause he was like a all Wait, like he what? was like a full family like he did he was a complete care so he did like everything he delivered babies and I was just like I will actually never let you deliver my baby well, and I will never be coming back to you so there needs to be better training completely how to handle somebody as a physician yeah exactly and like especially a male physician who has never, never had I mean, a miscarriage exactly. He's never or like gone not even that. like I mean I haven't gone through a miscarriage but like you I feel the emotions completely. of of having a baby and what yes. that feels like and like and you can only pregnant. imagine the feeling of oh, I hate him whoever that was yeah I literally hate him and so I remember just like leaving that appointment just and like getting in the car and just bawling because he was like you seem just totally fine it's like well yeah I'm not coming in here bawling because I'm scared really well, yeah and I also I like don't think I know really what even happened exactly like I feel like my mind was just in a blur of like did that actually happen to me and I remember just like that was the feeling I had Every single time I like went to the bathroom and I was still bleeding. It was like, is this actually happening to me? Like, I know you hear about it, but it's just, it's a really weird feeling. And that's just the feeling that kept coming like in the thoughts. When you found out you were pregnant with this baby, did you feel any different? I didn't. Not at all. You felt like this is my baby yeah. and it's going to be fine. Yeah. I felt completely fine. The same as Navy. Yep. And like I said, when I started bleeding, I was trying to give myself all this hope. That's when I was like, uh-uh, like this... This isn't like, I'm definitely miscarrying. Yeah. But like in my head, I was like, okay, maybe I'm just like bleeding, but like that didn't happen with Navy. And so it was, you're just talking yourself out of it, especially before you go and see a doctor. Yeah. And in my head, I just like, I knew at that point. Did you take any pregnancy tests before you went to the doctor? I didn't know. I I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. Because if HCG was still showing up on the pregnancy test. It would show pregnant. Yeah, it would show pregnant. And that would mean like I first haven't passed everything. There could be like a twin. There could be, I mean, there's tons of There's so many options. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm still just going through it. Um, And so, and he had asked me if I passed anything and I told him about it. And he, you know, told me that's kind of what, what it looks like or what it is. And so. So your doctor tells you to wait maybe four to six months, but there's no scientific based evidence to not wait. You tell Justin you're, you're ready again. Yep. And so where do you guys go from there? I think I had one cycle. I honestly feel like this time in our life was like a really big blur, but I think that I had one cycle, maybe not even a cycle. And I got pregnant right away again. And I was just like, okay, this is it. Like we're good. And every single day, once I found out I was pregnant again, it's like, you just have like a pit in your stomach of like, okay, like, I go to the bathroom am I gonna wipe is there gonna be blood like it's just it's so scary and I was like okay I just need to make it past six weeks because like once I make it past six weeks I'm gonna be like that's when I lost the last baby that's when I lost the last baby and like I'm gonna be fine and so like I made it past six weeks seven weeks and they had let me come into the doctor at seven weeks along because I had had a miscarriage they let me come into the OB earlier than they normally would and I went to the same OB that I went to with Navy Um, And so they let me come in and they did an ultrasound and 
like baby was in there everything was go- good and she was like yeah the, you know it was still the baby was so little so they could just see like the little sack the like sack that is there before your placenta grows yes and then they could see you know just like teeny tiny speck and so um everything was looking good and they were like come back at you know eight and a half weeks because that's normally when it's like eight or nine weeks that's when like you normally would go in yeah it depends on the doctor I guess but that's when they wanted me to go in so I went in and heard the baby's heartbeat and it was there everything was looking okay she had mentioned that baby hadn't grown a ton but it had only been a week and a half it had only been a week and a half so in my head I was like okay it's fine but like this heartbeat everything's fine like everything's good and so I remember that being in my head like it's a little weird but like I didn't really honestly didn't really think about it a lot because I was just like every week was moving past and I was and like, you weren't bleeding I wasn't bleeding no bleeding and, so and that's like, like what you like you have a miscarriage there's blood exactly so in your head that's like that's I'm not bleeding I still have a baby I still have a baby yeah I'm fine and because there was like a heartbeat then and so it was fine um and so I went back in I think it was 11 weeks like 11 and a half weeks and I'd went in and she did an ultrasound and I remember her stopping and she's like, hold on one sec. And she like was just like fidgeting with her machine. Like she's like, I don't think that my sound is like on, on my machine. So like, let me fix it. And so she's like fixing it and like in my head and in the pit of my stomach, I was like, this is not good because like it was on, like, you know, you can hear your stomach like whooshing. Like I was like, I could hear it, but she like, was like stalling. She almost. was like stalling, yeah. And so she went over again, and she stopped, and she just said, "I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat." And she was like, "Your baby has not grown since the last time when I had told you that we were a little worried that there was no growth. Um, like your baby's still measuring, like it was like 0.3 centimeters bigger, which like wasn't normal growth yeah. for what it should have been." Um, because you know, at 12 weeks you can see like a baby, a baby, you see yeah. like the little tiny head, like even if it's tiny, you still see it. And so you couldn't see that. It was just, it was tiny. And she said, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And I just remember like, this is not happening. Like this is not happening to me again. And I felt so confident after the last time. And so I said like, what does that mean? And she's like, she's like, why don't you come out into the lobby and like the doctor will go, like the doctor will talk to you, like the doctor will bring you back and talk to you. And so I went out there, you know, and everyone's like pregnant in the OB office. And I went back into the room and he just said, you have two options. And your options are you can wait and hope that the baby passes or you can get a DNC surgery, which is where they go in and they like remove everything from your uterus. They scrape it clean. Um, and so the another, another catch to this was the fact that Justin and I were moving in two days to Canada. And I actually know we were moving the next day. It was one day later. We had our apartment had nothing in it. We had an air mattress and a pack and play for Navy. Everything was packed up. I was hoping that I'd go to my last doctor's appointment. Everything would be good. We'd drive up to Canada. I'd find my doctor there. Go on with Done. My, like life, whatever. And so it was really scary because I 
just felt so scared of what to do. We were supposed to leave that next morning. And he's like, if you choose to do a DNC, I'll do it in two hours. We'll head like head to the hospital in two hours and we'll do it. And I was like, how do I make this decision? Like, cause he was like, it'll be a lot more traumatic to pass it on your own. And also if you don't pass it, like within 24, I think, I don't remember the exact day. I think he said 24 to 72 hours. I would need to go to a doctor because, and do the DNC anyway, because it's risk of infection. And you don't have I don't insurance. Have a, I didn't have insurance. I didn't have a doctor in, in Canada. Canada. But also I had no idea what a DNC was. I had no idea. I'd never heard that before ever. And so I remember just being in that room and just looking back and forth at Justin and the doctor, like, like, I don't know what to do. And you were gone at this point. And so one of my really good friends was watching Navy at home and she had just found out she was pregnant. And I remember just looking back and forth at Justin and the doctor, like, I don't know what to do. I just, I feel like very lost right now. I don't know like the best decision to make. And he was like, I'm just going to leave the room. I'm going to go see a couple more patients. Like, I just want you to sit here and think about it. I do not want to persuade you. Like, I just want you to make the best decision for, for you. He told me like the risks and benefits to each and he left the room and I like looked at Justin. I'm like, you have to tell me what to do. Cause I just can't make the decision. Cause I was just really scared to get like a surgery. Like I'd never gotten surgery before. And so it was like very, very scary to me to do that. And so that was like why I even had to think about it in the first place. And like the fact that we were moving the next day, it was like, how long do I need to be here? Like, yeah. do I need to come back for a follow up? Like, and so Justin just looked at me and he's like, I think you need to do the DNC. Cause like, we just need to make sure that everything's good. Like, I don't want you to have to go through passing it bigger, more dramatic. Like, and if you don't pass it, you're going to have such, like, you're going to be so scared. Yeah. Like every time, you know, you go to the bathroom and, or whatever. And so he just said, like, you need to do it. And I just like felt full trust and confidence in him. That I was like, yeah, you're right. So the doctor came back in and he said, like, what do you, what'd you decide to do? And I told him, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and go with the DNC surgery. And he said, okay, I think that that's a good decision. I'll like, I'll schedule it out. Meet me at the hospital in an hour. And so I'd gone home and I remember like walking in to the front door and my friend was just sitting there with Navy and just like gave me a big hug and just cried with me because I didn't have to say any words. And she just knew. She just cried with me and like it'll all be okay. And so I went back to the hospital an hour later and I sat in the lobby and they said, you know, what are you here for? And I told them and I was just shaking because I was so nervous. And this really cute nurse came out. And she said, we bring these blankets to the moms that are going through this. And she brought me out like a little blue blanket. And I don't know if it's anything, but in my head, I'm always like, that was our little boy. Like, I don't know why, but I just like felt so strongly that she like brought me out that blanket. It's like a really ugly blanket, but <laughs> I keep it because it just like is a reminder to me. And who knows? But like, that's what I tell myself. And it like gives me comfort. And I mean, I've always told you that the second that. Like, I found out about your miscarriage. I was like, it was a boy. I, and I, like, felt that so strongly. And I remember saying that to you, and you were like, and then you told me about the blanket. I hadn't even known. No. 
And I just like, I just like kept that to myself because people are probably like, oh, you're crazy. But <laughs> to me, that's what like gave me comfort and just knowing like it's going to be okay. And she gave me that blanket and I just sat there and I waited and they took me back and I did the surgery and it was about 45 minutes. And I remember waking up and it was weird being put under. I'd never been put under before. And so it's like a really weird feeling waking up. And I remember the doctor like being right next to me and he had, it's kind of funny, he had an orange soda and he's like, are you thirsty? And I reached out and I was like, oh yes, I'd love some orange soda. He's like, oh, this is my orange soda. I said, I'll go get you your own. <laughs> and he went and got me my own and he was such a sweet doctor. He delivered an AV and so I just really trusted him and loved him. And anyway, he got me my orange soda and took me back to my room and he came back about an hour later and he was like, how are you doing? You know, everything looked really good. It was, it was very easy. There was, looked like there was no complications. There was no, no really rhyme or reason why this happened. It just, it happened, you know? That's really nice of him to like, it was, give you that. Yeah. Like there wasn't, it wasn't something I did. It wasn't something that was wrong with my body. It just it happened. happened. And, um, I feel like more times than not, that's that's what the it case. is exactly. And it was really, really awesome of him to like reassure me of that. And he started talking to me, and he asked me if I had like remembered our conversation from earlier, from the orange soda. And I was like, Yeah, I really wanted your orange soda. Like it looked so <laughs> good when I woke up because I was so thirsty because I I didn't like eat or drink, you know, before the surgery or whatever. And so I was so thirsty. And he was like, I'm shocked that you remember that conversation because. I've only ever had one other patient that remembers right when they woke up from anesthesia. Usually you're like in a daze. Yes. And then you like go back to your room and fall asleep and wake back up, you know. And, and then it's like, like that's okay, when I woke that's up. that's when I woke up. But like I stayed awake and I remembered all of it. And he was like, I'm really impressed. <laughs> I just remember that was random. But from there, it was just kind of a blur. So how many people had you told that you're pregnant? Because like 11 weeks is like pretty far along. Yeah. I don't think we really told anybody because I was just terrified. You were nervous. And like... Even though I was 11 weeks, it was kind of weird because I had not, like now that I'm thinking about it, I had not even had a cycle. So it was kind of weird to even know how far along I was. That's uh-huh. what they like estimated based on the size of the, because I didn't have a placenta yet. So usually that's around like 12 to 13 weeks. So I was right at that like 11-ish weeks right before it develops because they could tell by the size of the sac or whatever. I think that's what they told me. And so it was kind of weird. Like I, I didn't really know exactly how far along I was. Um, and each appointment was like, when I went to that first one, they were like, oh, you're around like, you know, seven and a half and then eight, whatever. And so the next morning, you know, we stayed at our apartment on air mattress and the next morning we got up, we drove to Canada and we went to a family reunion with about a hundred people on Justin's family. And I remember just telling him like, I just need to be in bed. Like, I just, I can't, I can't well, mentally. You had like a major surgery Exactly. Too. Like I can't mentally be around people right now. Like I just... I can't. And I remember all in good faith, but everyone kept asking me if I was pregnant. Because you were... Because I was just in bed. Yeah. And... And you're pretty sick during your pregnancy, so exactly. it would check so out. It would check out. And they just kept saying, oh my gosh, Jamie's pregnant, Jamie's pregnant. And every time I'd come out of the room, oh, are you not feeling good? Like, And so finally, I remember a little bit later, is the second day of the reunion. I was like, Justin... You need to go tell them because I'm sick of hearing it. I well, just, I can't. Mentally, like, I just, that would be. I need be, them to stop yeah. asking me if I'm pregnant. Like, it, it has to stop. And I remember being in the room and he went out. And I, I didn't want to be there when he told them because I just, like, wanted him to tell them. I didn't want them to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, and smother me. I was just like, I just, I need no. space. Yeah. And, like, leave me alone kind of thing. And I remember him 
you know, telling his cousins and they just, I mean, automatically felt so bad. Like they had, yeah, no, idea. They had no idea. And you weren't trying to make them feel bad. No, not you at just all. felt, I just couldn't handle yeah. like all the questions anymore. And they, you know, everyone, when do you want another baby? Navy's almost two. She was turning two in September and this was July. Yeah. Like it's like a normal time for people to ask. It is exactly. And like literally it was July 1st was the day. Like, so June 30th was the day that I had my DNC because we drove up, um, on the 1st of July. And so anyway, he told them and that, you know, they automatically felt super bad. And as hard as it was to like be up in Canada, like the day after your surgery and like obviously the family reunion, it also could have been like a little bit of godsend because like you didn't have any family in Rexburg. No. So Tina watched Navy the whole time. She did completely. So like that must've been hard to have all of the people, obviously. They left in a couple days and like it was okay. And I tried to get, because he wanted me to go to a follow-up doctor's appointment when I was there, because he knew the situation. He knew I was leaving. He knew all of it. Your doctor. Yeah, my doctor in Rexburg. And so he wanted me to find a doctor, and I called every single doctor. They could not get me in until, like, four months. Literally, I'm not joking. It was eight to 12 weeks was the time that I could get in. So what did you do? I never went to a doctor, because, like, how? I literally couldn't. I called... I'm not joking, like 50 doctors. We called the doctors that lived three to five hours away and nobody could get me in because I was low on their list. You didn't have insurance. I didn't have, I had actually gotten insurance at that time, but like the way the Canadian health insurance, health insurance system works is very different. And so they have weights for everything and they just like, I had no issues. I wasn't bleeding anymore. I was fine. I had no symptoms of anything infection. So like, so they just didn't care enough. Yeah, they didn't care, and like I wasn't a new, I wasn't an existing patient. Like also, that's probably risky for them to take on as a patient, knowing nothing about my history, and so that was really hard because I feel like I didn't really get like closure from a doctor's standpoint of like, of course, am I okay? And so we spent the rest of the summer at his parents' house, and everything was like okay. I felt like I just kind of was like, okay, we just need to move to the next phase of our life. Like we're moving up to. Um, Edmonton is where we were going. We're moving up there. Like, I'm just going to have Navy. Justin's going to start law school. Like, I just like, I want to be like over this right now. Like, I just can't handle it. And thinking about another baby was not in my mind. No, like after that, I was like, I am not like, obviously my body's not, it's, it's not meant for it right now. Or like, it's not the right time, whatever the situation was. You just weren't ready. It just, uh, yeah, I was nowhere near being ready. And so I just kind of wanted to like, be over it and like go up to Canada not be over the miscarriage but like I felt like I just I mean and you know but like we moved up to Edmonton and I just never really got closure of what happened like I just kind of like put it in the back of my mind and like every day I would think about it but like I didn't go see a therapist I didn't talk to any but like not a single person about it I just like kept it to myself and like just had me in Navy every day and like when we moved back to Arizona well in Canada, it started getting really, really, really hard for me. You know that. And it like, was, it was really, it was really, really scary, really bad. I was just not, I was not okay mentally. I was having the worst anxiety, depression of my entire life. And I've gone through traumatic things, but like, yeah, this obviously, is very, this was very, very different. different. And it was not something that somebody else did to me that <sighs> yes, I could push Yes, that's what I was going to say. Like I could, I could like push away stuff that had happened to me before because like, I don't have to ever see those people again. Yeah. But like, this was something that was just me. You were living with it every I was single day. With it every day. And, and you were living with it without 
anybody. Um, yeah. I, and like without friends, I didn't talking have, about it. Yeah. I like, didn't have anything. And so, and I feel like probably like my personality too. I don't like overshare things. I feel like until definitely. I'm just like really prompted or until I feel like very, very comfortable. And then I, the podcast has been like healing for me because I can like talk about it and I'm right with you. And like, it feels like I'm just talking to you, even though thousands of people are going to listen to this, <laughs> but it just, it's like very healing because I can talk about this and I just feel like it's so safe. But I wish like, I wish I had that though. Well, like, yeah, but that's on me. It's not on you. I know, but it is. I mean, I think about the fact that I should have picked up and like flew to Rexburg. It was two hours away. Right. I mean, you had a newborn baby. I'm like, you always think about it after. I know. And I didn't realize. No. I didn't realize how much it affected you. Right. Until you were in Edmonton and until things were really scary and really, really bad. And And I I should have been there. And I I know, and I know that I could say that all day, but I. The thing is, I don't even think that I, I processed it. Like I, I truly know that I didn't because things got so bad in Edmonton, like everything was just piling up so bad and that's when Justin and I like I literally told him I'm like I'm flying back to Arizona like come with me or not I'm leaving I can't do it here anymore and I remember like literally the first week being here I got into a therapist and I just like finally could like just tell her everything and she was like and it I was like talking about how hard Canada was and talking about you know parts of my life and I had brought up the miscarriages but not like not like the sole Not, purpose yeah. for talking to her. No, and she she like stopped me and she's like, I don't think that you realize that you'd never process this. And I was like, it just like hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like I never processed this. Like I never sat down because our life was just like here, 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 go, go, go. Like And it's not like you could stop. You had a you had a two year old. I had a two year old. I couldn't stop and just think about it and like and shut it. down and because I didn't you have, had another human exactly. and you didn't have that many friends and family friends or family. Like I couldn't really go to therapy there, which hindsight, like that would have saved me. I mean, luckily I was fine and we came back here, but like that probably would have helped me a lot there. For sure. And I didn't, um, obviously go to therapy there, but coming back here, I remember that therapist was just awesome for that reason because she's like, you don't also realize the, the like medical part that goes into a miscarriage is that you have like all these hormones it's literally yeah. like postpartum yeah your body has these hormones and like you're just balancing and your cycle's coming back and she was telling me like you don't realize how how much a miscarriage physically affects your body not just mentally but like physically your body is Thinks going that through you are having a baby i mean you did have a baby exactly you, you passed a baby and they like yeah my body just there's like, a lot of hormones there's a lot of hormones and all of that plus the mental part of it and so plus being alone plus being in a new place plus yeah. being in the cold where you can't get outside. Like no, there's so there's many so factors. so many factors that went into like how, how horrible it, it was. Yeah. And I know a big part of it was the miscarriages and that I had never even really processed the first one because I just got pregnant right away. Because so you was, didn't have to think about of, it. Yeah, exactly. You almost covered it up. Exactly. And once the second miscarriage happened, like in all of Edmonton, we didn't even, we didn't even talk once about having a baby. Like it was not in our radar. And you know, we moved back when Navy was, she wasn't, she wasn't three yet. She was like two and a half, just about two and a half when we moved back. And, you know, that's kind of a normal time to like have a baby or start thinking about it. And we just like, you weren't there. We just were not there. We just hadn't even talked about it. And thankfully Justin never 
he never brought it up. He never made me feel bad. He was always just like, did you find it hard when people would ask you when you were going to have another baby? Yeah. So I remember, you know, people were asking me a lot about when we wanted the next baby. And I finally just felt ready enough to just start telling people, you know, like we actually had two miscarriages. And so we're just like not ready yet. And people would always feel so bad. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for asking. And I didn't tell them not to make them feel bad by any means, but just so that they knew. And I felt like for me too, it was like, it made it like hurt a little less every time to like say it out loud. Like when did you post about it on social media? Yeah. So you know what? I, it was before we moved to Edmonton because I I I remember we had, there was a girl like there was like a local market or like little fair where small shops sell their stuff. And there was a girl there that I had like seen her stuff on Instagram and she drew like little pictures and she drew a photo of Jesus, like holding a baby. And I remember like wanting to go to that fair so bad. Cause I just wanted that picture. Like I wanted that drawing and I still have it and it's a Navy's room. Um, and I remember just like wanting that picture so bad. And so we went to that little market and I got that picture and I was like, that was like how I wanted to tell people. And I remember like all day, just like, how do I word this? How do I like tell people that this happened? And I remember writing it and deleting it probably like 50 times just because I didn't want it to seem like a pity party or like a cry out for help, but more just like awareness that this really does happen. I feel like a lot of people feel like they don't want to post about it because of that same exact reason. And it's like, you know what, even if that is the reason, even if you just need people to tell you it's okay and to be in your corner, like that's enough. That's enough. That's a reason enough to post. That's reason enough to post about it and to like have people that are there. And I had so many people reach out and tell me like, I've gone through this and like whatever. And that's before I even like had a social, like I didn't have followers. Like it wasn't like that. Like I just wanted to do it for my friends and family so that they knew. Yeah. And I feel like that helped me a lot too, to like be able to talk about it a little bit more openly. And I remember, did it surprise you how many people commented like that they'd been through the same thing? Yeah. It was shocking actually. People that I like, you know, one of our really good friends in Rexburg that we just adored. She had gone through four or five miscarriages and like had no idea. Like we had, I had literally no idea. And when we talked about wanting to do this episode, she reached out to me and she was like, I just want you to know that literally one night I just like missed her at an activity and I brought her dinner over. And she's like, I literally lost my baby that day. Like I had no idea, but just like those little things. And she's like, you don't know how much that meant to me. Just that somebody was thinking about me. Like, I had no idea what she was going through, but I just, like, her name just came into my head. She's, like, the person I think of when I think of, like, going through it. Me too. Because. Totally. I do remember her at church one Sunday getting up and talking about it, and, like. It shocked me. Shocked. Yeah. Literally shocked. Because I felt like, like, if you have a miscarriage, like, talk about it. Like, yeah. why, like why aren't you talking about it? Like. Yeah. But now, like, obviously having my own babies and, like, understanding a little bit more, I'm, like, I, I understand it. She's, like one of the most positive people I've ever met. Yeah. And And I feel like, like we were talking about earlier, it's like people just handle things very differently, very differently. And, and so it's hard to know. And it's really hard to even know how you'd handle it until you're there, you know? Absolutely. So anyway, I remember announcing it in the swipe over, like I did that photo, which I really wanted. And then the second picture was 
a video of Navy like coming up and kissing my belly because I was telling her that I had a baby in there. And, you know, she didn't, her little 18 year old, 18 month old mind had no idea, but she just like was really sweet and just like, was, and you remember that. And I remember that like so vividly and that video and that like photo pops up to my memories and it's always hard, but I remember when we finally felt like we were ready for Rossi. Yeah. What was that feeling like? Like, did you, I had gone to therapy and I felt like it helped me a lot. And I just felt altogether in a way better mental state completely. And Navy was, you know, she was getting older. She was three. And so we felt like it was right before her. I mean, we got pregnant right before she turned three. Um, and we just felt, we felt ready. Justin had, we secured that we were going to be in Arizona Justin was going to ASU, you know, there was just like a lot that like fell a more into just place, fell into place. And like, we finally felt like a like breath of fresh air. Like it was like, okay, we can like take the next step in our life. And it was pretty terrifying getting pregnant again, but, and it was like, not that, not that it took me very long. It took me a couple months to get pregnant with Rossi, but not very long. And I remember getting pregnant and like I wanted to like be so excited and I was so excited but at the same time I was so scared but it did feel a lot different my mind was in a different spot my body felt a lot better like I felt I felt okay like but I would say up until 12 weeks I would like I would go to the bathroom and every single time just be so so terrified be so scared and I had to just tell myself like feeling so much anxiety and and like worry is also not good for you and for your baby. Totally. And so I would just tell myself, you know, it's okay. And just like one day at a time, like every day that you are pregnant is just like your chances are lower, your chances are lower. And I just like would tell myself those little things and help me get by. And obviously my little Ross is here. Yeah. And I feel like I have a really special just place in my heart for Rossi because I mean, she was just like a little rainbow. (laughs) She's like so fun and crazy and just like bubbly in her personality. Just like she just like brought a whole new level of joy into our home. Not that it wasn't before. And like every baby does that in their own way. Yeah, totally. totally. But there really is just like we're like waiting for you. And she's here and she's perfect and she's the best. And maybe such a good big sister to her. And looking back, like, with how crazy things got in Canada and, like, whether it was because of the miscarriages or not, I I know it's hard because you don't, I, like, don't believe that necessarily, like, it was God's plan to take my baby away. Like, it just happened and that's what happened. And, yeah. like, unfortunately, that's just, that's life and life's not perfect and whatever. And, but I really do think that, like, God knows the bigger picture and, like, I can't really imagine like would we have been able to come to Arizona if we had another baby in Canada like how harder how much harder would that be for us like I don't know it's so hard to think back in those situations and just wonder like what if that happened what if I but it is like amazing how you can like find the positive in the situation because I feel like there could have been a lot more hate not hate but more bitterness towards oh yeah your life in that moment like I feel like everybody would be bitter and oh, angry yeah. and 
And I think upset. That's, yeah. And that's just what I like am able to hold on to. It's just like everything happens and like it's a part of life. And one of the statistics that somebody said, she's a, she's a nurse, I think, or a doctor. I can't remember. I can't remember, but she messaged me and told me that the national st- statistics have actually gone up. So it used to be one in every four women have miscarriages and now it's one in every three. They changed that in 2021. And so it's pretty scary. Like thinking of sitting in a room with like that many women who have gone through the same thing that you've gone through. Yeah. Like crazy. And like why? Like one in three? One in three. Like, why is it not... Like, your odds of that happening. And like, like, why are we not talking about it more? Exactly. Why did you not know what to do? I had no idea. Like, why is that not something that we know yeah. exactly how to handle? And even, like, I remember seeing somebody's post, and it was, it was a while after I had had my surgery and stuff, and they were like, yeah, I'm, you know, I did, like, a little burial like after the dnc i asked them to like keep it or whatever and like even then i had no idea yeah like i was like oh the doctor like deals with that deals with it or whatever and like i don't necessarily know what i would have done in that situation but i felt i almost felt bad i was like wait did i not like honor it did i not honor this as much as i needed to and like i even feel that with the first one i'm like but i had no idea nobody tells you what to do nobody like talks about that and like it's also very personal. It like, is very personal. You might not want anything to do with it, but you also might want like a really big thing to like help you grieve and like understand and come to terms with what's happening. And so what was the best thing someone did for you during those times of just darkness and sadness? Like what was the best thing that stood out to you? That's really hard because I didn't tell a lot of people. Yeah. And so a lot of people didn't know. And so I felt like, with Rossi, when I got pregnant with Rossi, um, the same friend who was with me in Rexburg when I got my DNC, she sent me a little book and it just like, I still have it in my room and it just talks about how, how like amazing I am and how I stand out. And it's just like a generic book to anybody. Yes. She just sent that to my house when I got pregnant with Rossi. And I remember just like, she was just thinking about me, just little things. I feel like because I wasn't super open yeah with a lot of people I didn't give people the chance to really like help me or talk to me through it do you wish that you would have parts of me do and the other parts of me like I don't blame myself because I didn't really have like anybody there that could like physically do something with me or for me one of our friends in Edmonton she was struggling to get pregnant she's going through IVF and is still not pregnant but I remember like telling her because I just felt like she understood Understood it it in a different different way. way. Yeah. Yeah. Just that like she longed for that baby, you know? And I remember just like, it was nice to just talk to somebody, even if she didn't fully understand what I had gone through. She was like just there to talk to me. But I feel like a lot of people told us some really great things that like happened to them or like advice that they've been given. Yeah. There's an Instagram page that if you guys don't follow Ashley Lemieux, I think is her last name. She talks a lot about grief because she lost a baby at 16 weeks pregnant. She delivered him. Um, and she talks a lot about different ways to help somebody who's grieving the loss of a baby, somebody who can't get pregnant, what to say to people. And I feel like those are really like, yeah, why don't you things. read some of them? I remember you reading this to me and I loved it. 
So this was kind of, this was how to support a friend through grief. And it was, it was um, like a screenshot of text messages that she had, but I won't read the text messages, but she gave steps and it was, the first thing to do was acknowledge the loss. So like say, have you, you know, I was thinking about this happening to you. Step number two, don't ask how you can help. Just offer help. I love that. So not like, what can I do for you? Because you're not going to have an answer. Nobody's going to tell you what to do for them. No, I I would never. Instead being like, Hey, can I please bring your family dinner? Can I please, I don't know, help you celebrate, like celebrate that this was still a pregnancy, like whatever it is. Like, I love that. I feel like too, I mean, like I'm thinking postpartum wise too, even like people being like, Oh, let me bring you dinner. And I'd be like, no, I'm totally fine. Like, follow up even when Pierce was in the hospital you were really like that you were like I don't need anything and I'm like people want to help I'm just gonna set it up because it's okay to like take the help I know and I just felt so bad I don't need anything I don't need anything and I'm like I know you don't but and it helped so much but you also do and I look back and I'm like I wouldn't have eaten no you have a toddler at home I literally wouldn't have eaten no completely it like for any yeah I think this applies to so many things so even if you say it like even if your friend or your family member like says no, like drop it at their doorstep or reach out to like, like for me, like I like had Jamie dealing with it. I couldn't even deal with that when I, I mean, I was in the hospital, I wasn't in the hospital. It wasn't like a miscarriage, but like have somebody else take over or like text your other best friend who's close to them or your sister that's close to them and be like, Hey, I want to bring them dinner. Like I don't want to bug them, but like I'm going to drop it at their front porch at six o'clock or whatever. Like, Follow up. Yeah. Um, We just had to pause the episode. So there's like a kind of funky break right there because Kat just had her baby. Literally it's 10 o'clock on what day is it? Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. We're recording on a Wednesday night and Kat had her baby. So there's a monumental. It's monumental. We had to pause the episode because we were so excited. Um, But Jamie was reading um, Ashley's messages and her advice. And so, yeah, she was. I was saying number three, it said, don't be sad for them, be sad with them. And she said, like her sister said, I'm really sad. I just feel pissed about all of this. Let me know if you want to talk about it or don't, but I'm here for you. And I just thought that was really cool. She's like, like the people around you can feel it with you. Like, it's like, I'm pissed and sad that this happened too. Even though I know you are, I am too. Yeah. And I feel like that validates your feelings and also. It's less pity. It is. It's It's not like, like, I'm so sorry. Which like. It's not bad to say, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Like, I, that's not that's, bad. Yes. But these are just, this was like her advice of how to support a friend going through it. And the number four was just respect and validate their needs and boundaries. Because she said, thanks, I don't want to talk about it at this point. And I don't want to have anything planned for this. And her sister just said, okay. Like, and so she just respected that that was where she wanted to leave it. And so I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, I really, really like that. Well, just like you said with like the girl that was watching Navy, like you walked in and like she just cried she with you. She didn't say a single word. Like you didn't have to say anything. No. It was just crying. I remember when you told me, like I remember we just sat there and cried. Yeah. Like I truly, I remember truly, your face. You were just like. Like I, I didn't know what like to say what? because I was A, scared I was going to say the wrong thing and B, yes. I was so like I felt bad because I felt so sad like like you want to I want to grieve with you but I also didn't want you to like worry about me completely being sad but like I was feeling a loss of a baby too like that was like my niece or nephew you know and I felt so bad feeling so bad and like 
the babies would have been really close. Completely. And I remember that going through my head, but being like, I can't say that because it's going to make it worse. And I, I remember being almost scared when you got pregnant with Pierce, which I was obviously six weeks ahead of you or whatever. But the thought definitely crossed my mind. Like, what if I lose my baby? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like people think about, like people have asked us that on the question box. People are like, what do you do if like your closest friend or sister like lost their baby and you're pregnant? pregnant? Like, how do you celebrate your pregnancy, but also mourn with them? And Ashley has steps on that too. She's like gone through everything on her Instagram, which I just think is really cool. And I feel like so much more is coming out nowadays than oh, ever before. Social media helps a lot too. I mean, there's a lot of downfalls of social media. There's the For comparison sure. and then the anxieties and the stress about social media. Like I totally get that, but there's also the good parts of social media, yep. the parts that can bond us together and create a community of parts and the reason why we get to even do this podcast absolutely and the reason that you guys are listening is because we've all experienced things that are so similar and I wish so bad that like we could have an episode where we have everybody come on and talk because everybody has a story has everybody has a story I mean just reading through like like I literally posted and was like say anything you want about miscarriage because I didn't want to like read some of them yeah and I Oh, I I will. I will. But I didn't even want to do a box that was like just one thing about miscarriage. I wanted it to be like an open space. Yeah. If you have anything that you want to say about miscarriage, say it. Like this is your time. Like say what you want to say. So I'm going to read a couple of the things. Yeah. Here's a few just little things that I um, that like stood out to me in the question box. Somebody said, pregnancy after a loss is hard. It's not just the loss that shapes your future experiences. And we kind of touched on that with Rossi. We did. Like. It's hard. It's like you you want to celebrate, but at the same time, it's so hard. Yeah. Too. Saying less is more to people instead of saying the wrong thing, which I think that can almost be like grieve with them. Completely. Like. Even if you have nothing to say, just to tell them I'm sad too. Like I'm here. I'm thinking about you. Yeah. I miscarried the day after I told my family. I wish I would have waited longer to announce it. That one I think is hard. I mean, I, I understand that emotion, but then on the other side of it, I like, I wish that we could have celebrated your baby a little bit more. Do you remember when I told you I was pregnant with the second baby? We were in Mexico before my DNC. Yes. In between. Yeah. I totally remember I that. We found out. We were playing a game. That's and right. I told everyone. Yes. And- I remember mom like taking a picture of me and like sending it to all the aunts with like the little sign that was like baby number two or baby number whatever. Coming, yeah. You know, I remember that. And I remember that. But I feel like there's this like unspoken law that like you have to wait till you're 12 weeks to announce it. And I like genuinely will be honest. I used to feel like that. I used to feel like, why would you announce it sooner? Like, that's really weird. And like, and like, that's so risky. But, but what are you risking? You're risking that people will know that you had it miscarriage when like if you don't want people to know that's totally up to you that's totally your choice but at the same time you also want people in your corner you want people to celebrate with you and like if you do lose your baby you want people to be there for you and like be sad with you and be there for you and so I have come to hate that unspoken law because I just I agree I think that it's a very personal choice if you feel like you're not comfortable sharing don't every time I see like a miscarriage announcement I personally feel horrible because I wish that I could have been there for them completely. Like I wish no idea. I had no idea. And they're like, this happened a few weeks ago and it was like, 
it's been a few weeks. Like, I hope somebody is like taking care of them. I hope that somebody's bringing them meals. And like, by the time they've posted about it, some people wait like a few weeks, like where they're like mentally in the headspace to post, which is totally, totally, totally fine. And that's but that like me. I, I took, I took like a month. But like, I, just I wish I could bring you dinner and like the heat of it. The when you really are just like, yes, every day is just in your mind and it's hurting you every single day. Yeah. Okay. This one's kind of long, but I thought it was a good one. I was pregnant with twins and at 12 weeks, one of our babies didn't have a heartbeat. It wasn't a traditional loss. So most people just focused on the fact that we were still pregnant, which was great. We were obviously happy, especially after two years of infertility treatment, but it was so hard not having as much support for our loss. Even if it's just flowers or a meal or a text saying no need to respond, but I am thinking of you. That I love that because I feel like, I mean, that's personally happened to us in our family with a family member, with one of our cousins and it happened with one of our really close friends. And like, you don't know if they're in the same feeling or headspace as she is, but I feel like I would be at least. I would be because it's like, you're wait, celebrating. Like, you love two babies and like, you're still so grateful you have one baby, but like that doesn't diminish the fact that like. You really lost hard. a baby. You still lost a baby. Well, and I think along with like the, at least you still have a baby, like at least you're still pregnant, like is like the, at least you were only four weeks long. At least you have another baby. Anything that starts with the sentence at least, don't, don't say it. say it. Don't say it out loud. Don't say it because there's no at least that make, that make you feel better. There's none. Yeah. There's none. I agree with that. Um, this is one about waiting 12 weeks. Also the whole waiting till 12 weeks thing is so, so dumb because if God forbid someone does lose their pregnancy, then they have people, less people to lean on. I am thankful. I had friends that I told because I had people to talk to people that checked in on me and that I felt like I could open up to and grieve with. Obviously I had my significant other, but it was everything to have my girls to lean on as well. Oh, I love that. See, I love that. I love that. I love that. That makes me want to cry. So then I put up another question box um, that was, what does it say exactly? What to say somebody to say, what to say to somebody going through a miscarriage? Just ask what you can do for them. I want to rephrase that and say, offer to do something for them. Yeah, I agree with that. Not that it's bad to ask, but I feel like it's hard. It's hard to tell somebody what you want. It's a lot easier to just accept it if they're just like, I'm doing this. And again, I do think that everybody's different because there are some like religious ones in here. And like for some people that might be really comforting. Definitely. And, and to know that person. Know that person. Don't say this to somebody if you don't no, know them. Completely. Like, like this person said, my dad reminded me that even though I don't have these babies on earth, I will in heaven. And, and that, yeah, that's like something obviously I believe. And so. That would be comforting to you. That's very comforting to me. Just And I said that in my post, like I'm still like their mom and I can't wait to meet them one day. Yes. And like. I fully believe that for myself. And so people that could see that would know where I stand. I'm praying for you was another really big one, which I think like religious or not. Yeah. Or like if you like for me personally, like when I'm posting on somebody's like, if I know they're religious, I'll say I'm praying for you. But if I don't know, I'll say like, I'm thinking of you. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of you and your family. Cause that's a little bit less like religious. That's just me personally. I just say that, um, your baby was your baby no matter how long they were here and your grief is valid. I love that one so much. I'm so sorry for you and your loss and I'm here for you. Somebody said, are you okay? And I really like that. I like that one. Like going straight, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And one of them, I, I really like that Ashley had said on her, um, on her slide, she said, are you okay today? 
Like how check in. Yeah. Just today. Because like, it can fluctuate. It does, yeah. <laughs> this one's funny. Never say at least yeah. or everything happens for a reason. <laughs> this yeah. another one says, do not say everything happens for a reason. I hated that. I hate, yes. Ask the name, ask special dates, ask memories, include them. Oh, I, I really love that. Especially if you were like pretty far along, yes. like and you had like a name picked out and everything, Absolutely. that would be really hard. Um, and I think it's hard too because I remember this was like something that was kind of cool and special. Justin's cousin who was at that, um, who was at the family reunion, she uh, had like two kids or whatever. And I remember a couple months later, she had reached out to me because she got pregnant with her third and she pretty much had the exact same thing happen to her and she got a DNC. And I remember her reaching out to me and just being like, I had no idea what you were going through, but I just want to say like, you're so strong. And I just, and I just like cried when I read her message. Cause I'm like, I feel for you. And like, I love you. And I'm like, I'm here because I felt that too. Yeah, of course. And I thought it was really cool. Cause she's quite a bit older than me, but she like reached out and was just like, you're so strong because I had no idea what you were going through. And like, you know, months or a year, probably over a year later, she went through the same thing. And you're like, you remembered. She remembered. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. This one, don't say, just do. Buy coffee, send flowers, take lunch, help distract, spoil the mom. Oh, I love that. I love that one. Not so much what to say, just keep showing up for them. Love that one. These are all just so good. It's not your fault. The worst thing to say is try again because it wasn't meant to be right now. Yeah. Acknowledge that it was a baby that was lost. Do not say everything happens for a reason. That's a common one. Yeah. Tell you're sorry that you love them and you're there if they need it. Um, what helped me the most is when other people opened up about their experience. So I didn't feel as alone. Just like you just said, I love that. And the more that, the more that you're brave enough to do it. And like, obviously if you feel ready, don't do something if you're not ready, but if you do feel ready to do it and you feel like you can just know that even if your story helps one person connect, like that means the world completely to a mom going through it. Setting dinners, just listening. Also that it's just as hard for the partner too. I was so focused on my own feelings. I didn't realize. This is sad. I didn't realize how my husband needed support too. I think that that one's, it's really hard because you're going through it. And like, I think your spouse is just being there for you because. I'm just thinking about Justin. It makes me sad. I don't know. Like, and I, Justin was just like, I mean, he was just there for me through it all and just supported me. And like, part of me is like, did I, did I not like check in enough with him? But he's amazing. Cause he was just, he was there and he felt it with me and he helped me make that decision. And like the hardest time when I wasn't strong enough to do it. And so. Do you feel like your guys' marriage got stronger through all of that? Did. Yeah. And like, even with Rossi's pregnancy, just him knowing how terrified I was, you know, he just showed up every day for it. And I hope that I like sometimes I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, I hope that I was there enough for him. And, but I felt like it definitely made us stronger. It made us stronger as a family. It made us definitely rely on each other more. Cause when we got up to Edmonton, we didn't have anybody except for each other. So I love that one. That yeah, I, that makes one. my heart break because I just think about Justin. Um, give them options of support. A text can say, you have two options. I can door dash you a coffee or I can come over and bring you one and we can watch a show together. Which do you prefer? 
again, you that. give options and yeah. you say, this is what I'm doing. I absolutely yeah, love, I love that. that. Um, there's so many of these that just say there's so many that don't that say like, don't say yes. Don't say at least all your feelings are valid. I can't imagine how much you miss them. They are so loved. And so are you. That baby is for every, ever yours. And I'd love to talk about them if you would like. I'm so sorry. You did everything you could. How lucky that baby was to have you and to still have you. I like really personally felt that one. Like, cause I remember after I had posted like the comments on there was just so amazing. Like those babies are so lucky to have you as their mom, even if it was like for a short time. You're still their mom. And I'm still their mom. And like, even though the time that I got with them was still so short, like doesn't mean that, you know, they weren't lucky to have me as their mom and that really stuck out to me and made me feel like it wasn't my fault. I think that's a huge thing too to like, we could end on like, it's never, it's never your fault. And I thought about it like, oh my gosh, did I do something that I, like, was I not eating healthy enough? Did I not take my prenatals? Like, there's all those thoughts run through your head. Like, what could I have done? But it was nothing. It was nothing. Was nothing. Just like your doctor done. had said. Yeah. I couldn't have done anything. And so I love that. And I feel like there's a really strong community of women that are just there and like, they're ready to help and to lean on them. And let them help you would be like my biggest advice. Because I wish that I would have talked about it more. Because it would have helped me a lot. But you're talking about it now. I'm talking about it now. And this is so healing for me. And like I just I was telling Kenzie when we like had had it paused for a second. I'm like I like genuinely didn't even think I would cry. Because I I don't cry often. You don't. (laughs) I don't. I don't. And not that because I'm not sad. But I have a really hard time like putting all my emotions on the table. But the second I like sit down and actually think about it, I realize. but I think you knew like in your back of your head that it would be an emotional conversation because like you kept getting DMs like every day, like talk about your miscarriages, like tell us about your miscarriages. And, and like, even I'd be like, what should we talk about on the podcast this week? We should talk about miscarriage. You're like, yeah, we could talk about that, but here's another really good idea. I like, know. I wanted to deflect this episode so bad because I was just, it's, you it's really hard to come into something and just know that you're just going to have to tell a very emotional, like special and deep part of your life. And a part that you haven't shared a ton. I haven't. And now that we shared it, I'm like, okay, I'm so, so, so grateful that we did. There are this. going to be. So many women that are grateful that you're talking about this. I hope so. I know so. Because I wish that I had that. And so I hope that you guys feel that too. They will. Thank you for listening because it means the world. And for all the messages we get every single week, we couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you. And sorry this is so emotional. (laughs) But we love you guys. And hope that you'll join us next week. On the Codependent Codependent Podcast. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.